Hola mi gente. The moment you've been waiting for is finally here. My brand new book, Financially Lit, is officially out. And I can't wait for you to get your copy. Inside this book, I'm bringing you culturally relevant and relatable personal finance advice that will allow you to finally feel seen, heard, and understood. Whether it's the guilt you feel from being the first person to make it while members of your family are still struggling, or the way that financial trauma manifests itself in negative and limiting beliefs around money, Financially Lit is here to guide you through it all. Just a few years ago, it was almost impossible to find personal finance books written for first-generation wealth-building Latinas. We have been forced to navigate the complicated world of money with a bunch of money books written by old white dudes who don't understand what it's like for us first-gen kids. But that stops right here, right now. Inside Financially Lit, you will learn how to set boundaries with your familia, with your dinero, create and pass on generational wealth, diversify and increase your income, protect yourself from financial abuse, navigate the complicated relationship between amor and dinero, invest like a white dude or better, and so much more. You can get your hard copy and audiobook version of Financially Lit at financiallylitbook.com and make sure to join our email list so you can find out when I'm stopping in a city near you for the Financially Lit book tour. See you soon. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I didn't even know I was house hacking, but house hacking is... It depends on where you are. I've house hacked where I've lived in a condo and I've rented out a bedroom. And then I've lived in that duplex that I bought when I was 21 years old. And I rented out the downstairs and I lived in the small, ugly unit upstairs. And that is a way to make money to pay your mortgage every month. You're listening to Yo Quiero Dinero, a personal finance podcast for the modern Latina. I'm your host, Janice Torres Rodriguez, personal finance expert, speaker, writer, and business coach. I teach women of color how to build wealth and gain financial independence through side hustles and investing. On this show, we're serving up POC-friendly personal finance knowledge, always with a side of sass. We're talking about how to make dinero, how to keep it, and how to make it grow. If you're ready to become poderosa with your dinero, you've come to the right place. Before we hop into today's conversation, I want to remind you to follow us on social. If you're loving this podcast and you want more community, you want to find out more about our events and all the stuff that we have going on behind the scenes, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and everywhere else you love to hang out on the internet. If you're loving this podcast, please take a moment to leave us a review if you listen to us on Apple. It's the easiest way to share our podcast with people that you know and love, and it helps us get discovered by amazing listeners like you. So take a moment, leave us a review, share us with your friends and family, subscribe so that you never miss an episode, and make sure to check out our blog, YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com, where you can sign up for our email list and you'll never miss an episode. Plus, you get exclusive invitations to our live events, special discounts for our digital courses, and as always, our best personal finance tips and advice to help you be poderosa with your dinero. Thanks for listening. 
Now, let's get into the episode. Tom, welcome to the podcast. So excited to have you here. Super excited to be here. Huge fan. Thank you so much. So I am a big fan of what you're doing in the personal finance space. You talk a lot about real estate and how you were actually able to quit your job because of it. But I want to know, first off, how you got into the whole real estate house hacking space, because I think there's a lot of folks that listen to the podcast that want to find these different ways of making income and potentially reaching financial independence. And you've been able to quit your job because of this. So start us off with sort of an introduction into how you got into the world of real estate investing. Absolutely. My name is Tom Brickman. I am Frugal Gay on Twitter and Instagram. I stumbled into the personal finance space about a year ago, but I had been doing house hacking. I had been doing flipping merchandise. I had been doing all of this all along. I just didn't know there was a name for it. I went to college in Ohio. I moved down to Dallas, Texas when I was 23 years old, and I took a traditional nine to five retail type job, which I worked for the past 15 years. Just in uh, January, I left that nine to five to do real estate full-time. Currently, I have my resale business called Cheap Cheap Closeout, and I have 18 rental doors that I own. And that is my passion, is real estate, really, and getting people into real estate and helping them understand the power of real estate. And a lot of people love to say, I want to get into real estate, but don't want to do the legwork to get into real estate. But that's kind of how I've grown over the past 18 years. Okay. That's amazing. So do you come from a family of real estate investors or like, what is your money journey? What What is your money story? So money journey, I was the oldest of four. My father was a police officer. So we were not on the super poor spectrum and not on the rich spectrum. My mother stayed home with the kids. I remember in second grade, my father bought his first rental property. I would go over there and paint. And I remember going over there and collecting rent with him, but by no means was he a real estate mogul. I think today he probably owns four or five properties, but he started, he kind of lit that fire under me as early as second grade, because I remember going over there and painting with him. When I went to college, he helped me fill out paperwork for my job. I worked at The Gap making $5.15 an hour. And he signed, (laughs) I I know, right? He signed me up for a gap stock purchase plan. And without me even knowing what he signed me up for. So by the time I was 18 or 19, I realized I was purchasing gap stock at a discounted rate as an employee. And I stuck out my whole time with the gap through college because they also did tuition reimbursement. And that really set me up without me even knowing he was setting me up. When I was 21, I was a senior in college. I was about ready to graduate. I bought my first multifamily property. It was a $90,000 duplex back then. And I lived in the upstairs. I rented out the downstairs. It was actually rented when I bought it. And I just inherited the tenant. And they paid $600 a month. And my mortgage and insurance and tax was $738. So I could live for $138, which I loved because I didn't know anywhere I could live for $138 a month. (laughs) Okay. So shout out to dad because he really set you up for success. And I want folks to realize like this is the power of financial literacy. So if you are the first person in your family who is like learning about money, learning how the shit works, learning about investing, like this is the power that you have for the next generation because now at 21 years old, you were able to buy your first investment property. Now, did your dad co-sign on it or were you able to actually get the mortgage for it by yourself? 
I was able, because I worked at the Gap, and so I would switch back and forth between Gap and Old Navy, and I worked full-time, so I did have income, even though I was a broke college student. So I was able, that 90000 I think, was the cap. That was the absolute maximum. And I remember this was a much different housing market back in 2004. They were asking 96000 We put in an offer of ninety because that's what I was approved at, and they actually took it. So I didn't have a co-signer from the start. I didn't have down payment assistance. I had that gap stock, which was about $10,000. So 9,000 of it went to the down payment. My loan was for 81,000 and the other thousand, I think I got the seller to pay for a little bit of my closing cost. And then I know the other thousand went right towards that, that closing cost. Got it. Okay. So you started house hacking, which for folks that don't know, what does that actually refer to? I didn't even know I was house hacking, but house hacking is, it depends on where you are. I've house hacked where I've lived in a condo and I've rented out a bedroom. And then I've lived in that duplex that I bought when I was 21 years old. And I rented out the downstairs and I lived in the small, ugly unit upstairs. And that is a way to make money to pay your mortgage every month. Awesome. Okay. So what has been your experience? Have you house hacked to acquire every single property that you have? Or how has your real estate investing journey changed over time? I bought another single family property right after this one when I was 23. And this is basically the definition of why the housing crisis happened. I had no business buying it. I had a terrible down payment. I should have never bought it, but I did. And I ended up selling that 10 years later at a loss of $22,000. So I was too aggressive at the beginning. And then in 2009, I decided to financially get my shit together. Basically, I had $17,000 in credit card debt. I didn't have any student loans because of the gap tuition reimbursement program that I stuck with, but I charged up some cards and I had fun. And I took my first real job when I was 23. And in 2009, I'm just like, I need these credit cards gone. They're dragging me down. And I committed, I took a second job from my full-time job. Once I kicked the $17,000 in credit card debt, I really committed to buying one property a year. And being in 2009, properties were super inexpensive because of the crash. So I started with what everyone else was ignoring. And I focused on the low-hanging fruit, which was condos. Nobody really wants to buy and rent a condo in Dallas, Texas. And I house hacked that first one in 2009. Then when I bought the second one in 2010, I bought it cash because it was an $18,000 condo that year in 2010. And I just would save any kind of real estate income, save any kind of side hustle income. And I would just keep putting it back into real estate, back into real estate. Every bonus I got from work, I would improve my real estate with. And then doing that over the years, I've kind of traded up those condos and turned them into single family properties in A-class neighborhoods or a multifamily property in a B-class neighborhood. So I've done some upgrading over the years, but my mentality is the same. I don't like to take on a lot of debt to buy the real estate. I don't carry a lot of debt with the 18 doors that I have. So if I have five people not pay me rent this month, I'm going to be okay. Wow. Okay. That's a really powerful position to be in because I think what scares a lot of people from real estate investing is this idea that like you have to have a shit ton of cash in order to make this a reality. So what do you say to folks that are intimidated by that? Like where should they be looking in order to find better real estate deals than you would find in places like California or New York? 
Imagine living the lifestyle you've always dreamed because of a blog. Blogging made it possible for me to walk away from my 9 to 5 at age 36. Now I earn over $100,000 a year in passive income and I'm ready to show you how to do the same. My signature course, the Jumpstart Your Blog Bootcamp, is enrolling soon. In the course, I'm going to teach you how to turn your passion into a profitable blog that helps you earn from anywhere. Even if you're clueless about tech, you've never built a website before, and you're convinced that nobody's actually going to care about what you're writing about. See, this is the thing. I didn't actually believe that you could make money from anywhere doing something that you love until it became my reality. I've perfected the art of blogging over the last nine years, and because of it, I was able to walk away from my corporate career at the age of 36. I dreamed of having a location-independent lifestyle that would allow me to earn money from anywhere in the world, and that's exactly what ended up happening, but it didn't come without a lot of mistakes, a lot of burnout, and honestly, a lot of wasted time. So I said to myself, you know, if I could do this all over again, what would you do differently? And that's exactly how I've built my course. If you've ever told yourself, oh, well, I'd love to start a blog, but I have no technical skills, so there's no way I'm going to be able to do this. I'm a busy parent and have a nine to five. I don't have time or I don't know how to narrow down a niche. I love all the things or maybe even isn't blogging dead. I feel like it's too late to do this. (laughs) I promise you what's actually holding you back is you're probably afraid to put yourself out there and you don't think anyone will care about your content. You're afraid of failing, investing your dreams and putting your voice out there. You're afraid of doing things wrong and wasting time and money. And those questions and fears are common, but they're stopping you in your tracks. What if you never launch your blog? Your message deserves to be shared. You can help people by using your blog to share the expertise you've learned along the way, and you can get paid for it. The Jumpstart Your Blog Bootcamp is enrolling soon. Join the waitlist by heading over to yoquierodineropodcast.com slash blog waitlist, and I'll see you soon. So I have a friend in California who was a server who bought his first property, a house hack. He worked three jobs and he saved up. He saved up $40,000 as his down payment. And he bought a condo and he rented out the bedroom and it was a large condo. The living room, he turned into his bedroom. And I think that there's opportunity all over the place. It's, do you want to do the legwork? Do you want to house hack? Do you want to be a little bit uncomfortable at the beginning to get to the end goal? I invest out of state also. So I, that first property I still own, my door number one and two are in Toledo, Ohio, and I live in Dallas, Texas. So that's another thing that we talk a lot about is do you want to go out of state and start just so you can start building real estate and scale that? Maybe you start out of state and you buy a $100,000 duplex and you start with that. You rent it out for a few years. You do improvements. You sell it for 130000 a few years later. And then you use that as a down payment for another better property in your neighborhood or closer to where you are. So that's a way to scale. One thing that I get a ton of is people who live in Toronto, people who live in Canada, people who live in Washington state, and it's just a really expensive market. And one thing that I like to tell everyone, and especially when I work with people around me throughout Texas, Texas is getting really expensive. It's catching up to the rest of the country, is you're not going to find your forever home on your first bat. You're not going to find that million dollar, four bedroom, four bath, home right off the bat. But what can you start with? What can you start with in scale? And I got into this debate of start with a condo that's a two bedroom, two bath 
traded up after a while. So I think getting rid of your limiting beliefs and turning off HGTV, which drives me crazy because everyone's like, (laughs) I pull tons of inspiration from HGTV. I love it, but it sets some pretty unrealistic expectations. So people want that dream home and move in ready and perfect house. But that's not where I started for me. And it's because I had to scale over time and Mm -hmm. I started with the ugly condo and I turned it into the the four bedroom house that I live in now. Wow. Okay. So I think that that requires folks to take some long-term perspective, which I think you should always be thinking in terms of investing, whether it's in the stock market or real estate, you're not going to get that million dollar net worth on day one. So just understanding like what that plan is, is super important. And I'd love for you to give us some insight into how you go about deciding if a property is a good investment. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online store shop phase to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dinero, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dinero now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dinero. Some people get stuck in that analysis paralysis mode, and I don't. I run the numbers on it. Right now, I just bought a condo in Dallas, and I bought it because a friend was living in it. Her landlord was in her late 80s and ready to sell it off. And my friend did not want to move. And I went to the landlord and I said, I can afford this much, which was $80,000. Because once I ran the numbers and I put the tax and the HOA dues and the insurance in there, I knew what my friend was willing and able to pay for rent. And in order for me to make that deal work, it had to be $80,000. And the landlord went back and forth with me a little bit and said, you know what, I want to take this lower amount from you because I want your friend to stay in this condo. And I'm sure that you're going to take care of your friends. My friends lived there for 20 years. 
but the numbers have to make sense and people will send me things all the time through DMs and they're like, I'm looking at this and I'm looking at that. And if the numbers don't make sense, it's just not the deal for you and you have to walk away from it. Right now I'm going back up to Ohio in a couple of weeks and I'll look at some of the stuff up on the uh, market there, but it's a lot easier to make a deal work and make sense in Ohio because I can buy a decent three bedroom, one bath house for $60,000 there where in Dallas, you know, that $80,000 one bedroom condo is a stretch. I make $74 every month from that. And I wanted to do that for my friend because the condo is in a great neighborhood. It's going to hold its value, but it's not going to make me a lot of money. So I approach them all. It's crazy, but some of my deals in Ohio make me a whole lot more money than my deals in Texas. But my value in Texas is so much greater because that condo that I bought for 80,000, maybe when my friend moves out or it'll be a $200,000 condo where I don't see that sort of appreciation in Ohio. So I make a lot more cash in Ohio and I make a lot more appreciation in Texas. So Mm -hmm. you have to look at, do you want the appreciation? And I have an investor that I'm friends with up in Vancouver, and he is strictly an appreciation investor. He's not looking at that cash flow every month and he barely cash flows on any of his rentals, but that appreciation in Vancouver is insane. Mm-hmm. So you have to look at how do you want to make your money? Do you want the money every month or do you want the appreciation? And what's great about what I'm doing being in two markets is I have a little bit of both. Yeah. So I think it's important to also talk about how do we determine where is a good place to buy, like location wise? Is it a place that you'd want to live? Like there was a spot that I bought in Dallas early 2011 because it was a great deal. It was government owned. And while we were fixing it, I would fight with my ex about who had to take out the garbage because we were afraid. So (laughs) if it's a place that you don't want to live, you don't want to own it. And that was something that I learned the hard way. You know, I held on to that one, but it was just problem after problem and tenant turnover after tenant turnover. And finally, I gave up on it and I traded it into something that I do want. But I think that's the most, is it a spot that you feel comfortable with? Is it a spot that down the road, you could leave this to a child down the road? Is it a spot that you see growth happening? Because I took a chance on a up and coming neighborhood in Dallas a few years ago, and it's popping now. And when we moved into it in 2017, we were like the first house in there to redo it and really put some money into it. But that was one of my favorite spots that I lived. So I think that your comfort level is super important when you're trying to pick that area. And don't pawn this off on someone to go look at a property. If you want to invest your money in it, you need to go up and look at it and really make sure you're comfortable with it. Because I have people all the time that are like, hey, will you go look at this for me? Would you invest in this? I can't say because my comfort level is different than yours. So Mm -hmm. if you're not comfortable with it, I wouldn't be buying it. Yeah, I like that rule of thumb. Okay. As far as financing investment property, can you go about it with like a regular conventional like loan or an FHA loan? What do folks need to know about financing real estate investments? So that's what's so great about house hacking is you can start it with a 5% down conventional. And I'm, I'm a big conventional advocate. And that's how I started a lot of them because I was moving into it. So I was able to put 5% down. And when you're buying a $100,000 property, that's only $5,000. Then after living in it for two years, I turned it into a rental and I went and I got another conventional loan on another property and just kind of kept scaling and scaling and scaling. And that's why I'm at 18 doors now. So I highly recommend house hacking, especially if you're limited on funds and you want to get started. That's a great way. And with that, 
when I would put down the 5%, I would rent out the other room in the house. I would rent out, if it was a multifamily, I'd rent the downstairs, the upstairs. And I was able to really build wealth quite quickly that way because you have somebody else paying your mortgage. So conventional is always what I, whenever I'm working with anyone, I'm like, you need to look at conventional. I tend to stay away from FHA just because of the fees that you have to pay for the life of the loan. And there are limits on what you can do with it. Like I know FHA has certain restrictions on taking out equity lines of credit. And there's quite a few restrictions that I've come across when I've done FHA loans. And I've done an FHA loan and I just try to stick with conventional. Also right now with the market that we're in, buyers want to see conventional because they know that there's restrictions with FHA. So if you want to be that strong buyer in this strong market, try and get yourself. It's a very little difference from three and a half percent FHA or 5% conventional, but conventional puts you as a more attractive buyer in this market. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can absolutely agree on that. Okay. So let's talk about the not so fun side of real estate investing, right? Because like you mentioned, HGTV tends to paint this rosy glamorous picture of what it looks like. Can you tell us like the worst story that's happened to you as a real estate investor? Worst story that's happened to me. I've had a fire in a condo here in Dallas. I did buy a crack house site unseen in Ohio once. I thought it was a certain neighborhood. (laughs) I was bidding feverishly on eBay. I ended up winning it. I know it happens. So that one turned into a really good story because I ended up making the tenant the owner and I did his financing for him because he couldn't get a traditional loan. But I've had fires. I've had a crack house with fresh shootings. I've had floods over the years. I had a third story condo that flooded the second and first floor behind the washing machine. So I've kind of had frozen pipes. I've had a hoarder house. I've kind of seen a little bit of it all. And I think one of the most frustrating things and probably another thing that scares people off is getting the right contractor and building the right team. And I've had times where I've given money to someone to do a job, an electrician to do a job, and they'll start it and I feel comfortable paying them. And then they take off in the middle of the job. So I think that's one of the worst things that I've encountered is poor workmanship. I just spent a lot of money fixing a refrigerator that wasn't even broke because my plumber capped a line that he shouldn't have. And that to me is more frustrating than the fires, the floods, the shootings. I mean, I've never been shot at, but my contractor was there when the shootings were going down. So I've kind of seen a little bit of it all. Yes. How do you prepare financially for these moments that we know are going to happen as real estate investors? So I'm big. I keep my emergency fund in cash. My 2020 project went crazy over. It started with a $60,000 budget and I ended up at $115,000 by the time I was done. And it just kind of pushes me harder on my side hustle. It pushes me harder. What rents should I be collecting? I don't have like a one size fits all on how to prepare for it because things are always going to break. Things are always going to happen. Sometimes you just have to bite the bullet. And a couple of weeks ago, I had to replace a furnace in the middle of winter, which is the absolute worst time to replace it, but I had an emergency fund in place. When that problem came, I was able to Venmo the contractor and get that furnace in the next day. So all my pipes didn't freeze. Yeah. It's just really about knowing that shit can happen and preparing as much as possible for it. So that's always a good thing. So you also have, you mentioned a resale business that 
you sell bras and makeup and other things. And I just need to know, first of all, how the hell does one get into the bra resale business? So it actually started in college. It was purses. I was checking out at this discount store and I saw this shopping cart full of purses. And I remember I asked the cashier, I said, are these really $1.50? And they were a really good name brand purse. They were diesel purses. And this was a reputable store. So I knew I wasn't buying knockoffs. And I remember I just pushed that entire cart right up to her and bought all these purses. And this was back in the early 2000s where eBay didn't even have buy it now. So I would sell these purses two at a time and it paid for my books for college that semester. And it helped me pay for schooling. So that was kind of the beginning. And bras and makeup are easy to ship. I don't like shipping glassware. I don't like shipping electronics. They're needed. And it's just the right price at the right deal. And I mean, today we were just packaging up makeup that's going all around the country. And it's just uh, discontinued colors sell for a lot of money. So if you get the right product at the right price, and a lot of the makeup is very low cost when you're buying it because you're buying a clearance color And people are set on those colors. And same with discontinued bras and styles from different companies. When that gets discontinued, and same with perfume scents, we sell a lot of perfumes. That's a goldmine because you're getting it at a discounted rate and you hold it for long enough. And we're selling colors that were discontinued back in 2019 right now. And people are paying a lot of money because they can't find them anymore. And you know that color works for you. That bra fits you properly. That perfume is your scent. When you walk into a room, people know it's you because you're wearing your scent. So people will pay big money and it's a low cost item that we've been able to make a lot of money on over the years. And so are you literally just like walking into department stores, discount stores and like buying whatever's on the shelf or are you like meeting up with like wholesalers or whatnot? Both. So we have wholesalers and Dallas is so central that there's a ton of wholesalers that are located here and dump stuff here and there's flea markets out here and it's crazy the amount that I can find in Dallas because it's centrally located. So when companies are discontinuing and that's where all their stores from around the company or the country can send them in this way. So I'm kind of in a great spot where there's a ton of wholesalers, but I'm also buying discontinued scents from certain stores or certain retailers and just holding them. And I have this kind of system where stuff that I bought this past summer doesn't even go on sale till next winter. So where are you storing this stuff? I have a 400 square foot guest house. And once it's full, it's full (laughs) and it's totally full. Um, So I'm not paying for extra storage, but it's expensive to keep that guest house air conditioned all summer long in Texas. But the return for the product that I'm holding and when we're selling it, and when we're popping it up, it works out quite handsomely. Tom, I am so inspired by just your ability to find money-making opportunities. And there's a lot of side hustlers and aspiring entrepreneurs that listen to this podcast that could use a word of encouragement when it comes to like starting a side hustle. What would be your words of wisdom? Stop letting others' lack of vision dictate what you can and can't do. I've had a lot of people come at me and say, I'd never buy that house or I'd never buy that product. And you know what? I have bought bad flip merchandise. And There's a point where I cut my loss and I go and donate it and I move forward. And there was a time when I lost that $22,000 on that second property that I bought. And if I would have stopped there or I would have stopped when I bought the first pallet that I should not have bought, 
I wouldn't be where I am today. I am 39. I don't have to go to a nine to five anymore. So I think basically not listening to others is going to get you a lot further than taking advice and getting stuck and just not moving forward. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mm, That is a whole word, y'all. I hope you've heard that. And so, yes, you mentioned that these side hustles have allowed you now to be able to quit your job, live life on your terms. And so how has your life changed since you walked away from your career? And what was that moment like? It's been not what I expected. It just happened in January. So I'm a little bit, a month and a half in. And again, it's not what I expected because you kind of don't think about the friends that you're leaving behind or the work friends that you had. Today, I was able to go to the gym to record this podcast with you, to work on finishes for a project that I'm working on, and to schedule some tweets. And that's my day. So it's just getting used to it and building your routine. And it's so freeing. And that's what I get excited when I see you post about your vacation this past holiday. (laughs) I'm feeling all that. And it's just a, it's an adjustment because you're so used to going that I've been going to that job for the past 15 years. So I'm in that, I'm transitioning. I'm really loving my calendar on my phone because I'm using it a lot. And I'm getting to network with all the people that I looked up to. Like, it's such an honor to sit here with you. And it's such an honor to be included with the people that I'm looking up to. And I just, with that nine to five weighing me down, I didn't have the time to do that. You know how it is when you work for another person because you're at their mercy. So Mm -hmm. it's been a... A roller coaster, and it's exciting to be able to do that. And it's exciting to be able to go do what I want today instead of have to answer to someone else and make someone else some more money. I think that makes this whole journey worth it, right? A hundred percent. I mean, they were saying, like, oh, we have a paid day. And I'm like, well, when I work for myself, every day is a payday. I got a <laughs> deposit from eBay today. So, yes, that's great that you get this paid day off, but I get it every day. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. So what's next for you? So I am working with the the Frugal Gay. I have a weekly spaces that I co-host with four other millionaires. And when I go up to Ohio, I'm really going to focus in on distressed multifamily properties that I would like to target for possibly like LGBTQ retirement communities, because it's mm. such a neglected community that has a gigantic need. And when you look at that in this community, there's just not a lot of options. So Mm. maybe that's something that I build up and I work towards over the next, I think that I'm going to hold real estate the next 10 years. My husband is 10 years younger than me. So we're building his portfolio as well. He's seen the power of real estate, which is awesome when they come in with full doubt and see the ability and the power and the doors that it opens as you build it. But I think that's kind of the next direction with the frugal gay and with my real estate endeavors and the direction I'd like to go. I really love that. And it just shows like the power that you have to really start doing some amazing stuff 
in the world when money is not a topic of stress and when you're not being controlled by a nine to five. I think it's such an inspiration and I love watching your journey. I was so happy when I saw that you quit your job and I know that folks are going to get a lot of inspiration from this conversation. So for people who want to connect with you, where's the best place for us to find you? So I'm most active on Twitter, which is at the frugal gay 11. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook under the same names, but if you want to connect, definitely Twitter is my platform of choice. Awesome. Tom, thank you so much for being here. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you are ready to take your dinero to the next level, sign up for our free 14-page guide, The Financially Lit Latina, the ultimate blueprint for becoming poderosa with your dinero. This 14-page guide includes our best tips on money mindset, budgeting, debt repayment, career, investing, financial independence, side hustles, and more. And you can get it completely free. So to get your copy of the Financially Lit Latina, just head over to YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com slash start. That's YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com slash start and start transforming your dinero story today. Until next time, stay empowered, stay inspired, and stay poderosa. On the Yo Quiero Dinero podcast and associated entities, all information provided is for general information purposes only and does not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. Listeners should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. We assume no responsibility for information contained on this podcast and associated entities and disclaim all liability with respect to such information, including but not limited to any liability for errors, inaccuracies, omissions or misleading or defamatory statements. Usage of this podcast and associated content constitutes an explicit understanding and acceptance of the terms of this disclaimer.